the sugya of Prozvil is actually a, a very lamdish sugya. And uh, when I was in Yeshiva in Riverdale, we learned it in Bismedrish in, uh, in my first year in the Roshiva Shir. And we started learning it after Pesach, and we learned it for at least six or seven weeks past, uh, past Shavuos. It's like a blot and a half in Gitin, uh, which is actually fast for him, <laughs> pace-wise. But uh, it's a very, very, very Gishmaka, so it has a lot of Gishmaka parts to it. Um, so uh, today I'll tell you, as the title indicated, uh, we're going to try to look a little bit into the lumbus of how prosbul works so that we understand what we're doing when we write this prosbul, uh, uh, we'll also try to understand whether we actually do need, even though pretty much the practice is that everybody writes a prosbul, just in case, but we'll see that most people actually do need a prosbul, probably likely need a prosbul of one way or another. Um, and then there's a couple of other interesting <coughs> interesting shilas that, uh, that come up. Uh, so first, let's just see the mitzvah, the mitzvah of Hashmatas Ksafim, right, which is the reason why we write a prusible. So take a look what the Chinuch says. It's actually a very inspiring mitzvah. Lazev hachoivis bishnas hashmita, it's a Chinuch and mitzvah tafai and zayin, to abandon all your debts in the year of Shemitah. This is the mitzvah say, that whatever debts you are owed, you should be tashmat yishadacha, you should withdraw your hand. So it's important, by the way, we're going to see, it's important to recognize that it's, there's a mitzvah say, there's also a mitzvah of don't don't be uh, don't demand payment, um, and we'll see in a moment. It's going to be very relevant to the fact that there's both. has and it was also uh, repeated. This is what shemitah is. Each per- every person who has a debt should remove his hand. The Torah is called about two kinds of Shemitah, Shemitah is Karka, which is what happened the whole year in Eretz Yisrael, and one of them is Shemitah, which is this mitzvah to abandon debt. And this is coming to teach us good Midas, Midas Nadivus, uh, generosity, and to be, uh, have, have a good eye. Uh, be kind. And like, just the same as the Mitzvah of Shemitah, it is there to uh, instill in our hearts true betachin, trust in Hashem Baruch Hu. And with that, we will be uh, in a good position to get goodness. We'll get uh, blessing and mercy. This also makes a strong fence and, a, and an iron... Um, Wall to help us keep our distance from stealing and to covet what other people have whatever our friends have because if we uh, abandon our chayvis then we'll think like this even if I left I lent out my money the malva should re, uh, remove his hand and he shouldn't uh, he shouldn't collect. And I certainly shouldn't steal from someone else. I should distance myself until the possible, the furthest possible uh, end. Um, so Shemitah's Ksafim is different than Shemitah's Karka in that way. Shemitah's Karka is only in Eretz Yisrael. Shemitah's Ksafim, we learn out, but most Rishonim agree that it is in everywhere. Shemitah's Ksafim in Atayra is outside of Eretz Yisrael as well. However, it's only Midaraisa in both places, Bizman Shayevul Noyeg, when Yevul is... Uh, 
is relevant. It's relevant for men and women. We have Shemitah Ksafim even in all places. In order that Shemitah Ksafim shouldn't be forgotten from Klai So this is the mitzvah. And uh, now as we're going to see, we all are going to be making a prosbol. So basically if we're all going to be making a prosbol, we're not going to do this mitzvah, right? Because we're going to use a rabbinic loophole to, uh, to, to, to make us putter from having to give up our chayvis. So, um, I don't know if any of you ever did this when you were in yeshiva, but if you take a look here at Aizavav, I was very surprised to find a source for this. Ben Ishchai says in Parshas Kisava, he says, Yeshme mischastim, there are those that do chasidus, uh, uh, a pious thing. After they write the prosbol, Rosh Hashanah, Erev Rosh Hashanah in the morning, they make another, uh, they lend another amount of money, a sar grush, a cup, ten pennies, a pachas, or less, a yos, or more. And this amount of money won't be included in the prosbol, because you lent it after the prosbol was written. Then after Rosh Hashanah, when the Shemitah happened, his friend will come to pay up. He'll tell him, this is the way you're supposed to do the mitzvah, I am being mishamit. And you won't accept payment. And the loyva will eat the money and he'll enjoy. And the fan of will enjoy. That he was and thank Tashem. I made this. Uh, I, 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 he, he made this an official thing in the, in, in Baghdad. I taught them that they should lend after they make the prosbul sach. A little bit of money will come in midst of a pile called Amur Al Ve Ashrem Yisrael. Praise is Klal Yisrael. Oya Ve Mitzvahs. They love Mitzvahs Hashem. But it's a Mitzvah B'Simcha. They do it with Simcha. So I remember, like I said years ago in Yeshiva, there were a couple of people that did this. Remember Shechidim, that they uh, lent some money to each other after uh, they did the prosbul, so they could be Mekayim the Mitzvah of Shmatzis Ksafim. And I thought it was like I don't know, like a shtick. But uh, Ben Ishchai, he 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 made this uh, an official thing in his city. Um, I saw brought down that Rav. Um, Rav Vosner writes that it is a it is a midas chasidus. It is something that's a concept of grabbing a mitzvah. But he said it's not something that you should darshan publicly. It's like it's five people. That's not that doesn't count as that darshaning it publicly. So anyway, it's a nice thing to do. This is already a chiddush for me that that it's a mitzvah asay as opposed. I thought it was just that your chovah evaporated. Ah, that's the next thing we'll look into. Exactly what what is this halacha? Yeah, that's a great point. But yes, there even regardless, even if it's true that your chayv evaporates, um, so technically if you're collecting the chayv, that should be stealing, <coughs> right? But even if the loyva is willingly giving it to you, so you collect it, you don't mention anything about Shemitah, and the loyva says, you know what, it's worth it for me, let me just pay him, you're still mevat la mitzvah of shamait, and you're of, uh, of, of forcing the chayv to be paid. But we'll see in a second, it's not so simple that that is what happens. What's the reason after Darshan Public? Is it not secure or something? No, probably because it's like nobody ever did this kind of thing. So he found it to be unusual. So you, so if someone comes up with it on their own, so that, that's, you know, they're royal to do a thing like that. They're worthy of chapping mitzvahs. I'm guessing I'll that's the reason. I'll give you a dollar, you give me a dollar, <laughs> and then I won't collect your dollar, and you won't collect my dollar. So think about that. Everybody should do everybody else's dollar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, it's kind of like uh, it automatically paid up. So, you know, when you have the three people sitting as the base, and each person 
Yeah, to go around like that, you know? <laughs> okay, anyway. Fine. Does, does this mitzvah's essay apply to organizations? Like, ah, I'm aware good. of a yeah, nonprofit yeah. organization in hmm. town that gives out loans, even short term loans. No, so Gemachim it certainly doesn't apply to, but it does apply to companies who are, uh, you know, incorporated or uh, limited liability. That we'll see, that it does apply to. Um, and the question that Rafi asked me this morning was uh, do you have to write two principles, one for your personal chavis? and one for your company's chayvis. Um, and surprisingly, I was not able to find too much about it. And they found one, one dying road you do. I have to write two. 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 Yeah, you should write two, two separate ones. All right, well, let's see. The plot, the plot will thicken here as we go along. Um, so now, there, here's an interesting thing about what you just mentioned, because typically it's understood that Shemitah is afkata de Malka, which Shemitah just makes poof. It automatically destroys everybody's chayvis. And whatever debt you have, by, by, by rule of the Tyra becomes hefker, whether you like it or not. And then we have an additional mitzvah to just observe that. But, but uh, it's not so simple. Take a look at this rush. Uh, it's, really, it's really a Gemara, but he just brings down the whole, the whole thing. So the rush in Gittin says, Tanan Hasam Shviyas Perikud Mishnachas is the Mishnah and Shviyas, it says as follows. Hamachser Chayv Shviyas. So if someone comes and wants to pay back, right, you, she just uh, chose to pay back a Chayv, even though it's after Shemitah. Chayv Marachar Shviyas. So the Malva has an obligation, a mitzvah, to say, I uh, absolve you of the need to pay back. And if he and if he said, you know what, anyway, I want to pay anyway, which we will see is the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do is to try to pay anyway. It's you're allowed to accept it. Part of the mitzvah shemitah is dvar hashemitah. You have to say it. Pirish, Kivan the Amrullah Hadibur, as long as you've said that I'm being Mashamit, then Yatsi De Khavishmita, your Yatsa Your Khivashmita. Amr Rabbas, and now Rabba says a very, very hard to understand statement. But Talile Ad the Amr Hachi, he can hang on him until he says that. In other words, the Laiva uh, I'm sorry, the Malva, the the, the the creditor can hang on the debtor, right? So the Malva can hang on to the Laiva until he gets the Laiva to say, Afal Pikain, I want to pay anyway. So what does that mean he can hang on to him? So Rashi says, it doesn't hang on to him. He hangs him up. He can tie him to a tree. <laughs> if he's strong enough. And I'll say, you know what? No problem. You stay here. I'll stay here. As soon as you're ready to pay, I will cut you free. That doesn't make sense. So then you just basically did away with the whole Shemitah. You have the right to like have... Uh, uh, what's the expression? Do- dog eyes or uh, puppy eyes? You can just look at him, you know, with longing eyes. Uh, so you can insinuate in whatever method you have that you would like it very much if he would pay apple pecan, but you can't make and take obviously not any force or use any other method to make the person pay. Okay, so that's what the Rosh says. That's the halacha. But Rashi is a plea. What does Rashi mean? How could you do that? How could you tie a guy up? How could that be okay? So this is a big source that even if you say Shemitah is mafkia, um, it doesn't absolve, it doesn't dissolve, rather, the whole debt. Um, and this gets into, you know, into it, the, the nitty-gritty of the lumdus of how a chayv works, but the idea would be like this. A chayv, 
uh, in halacha really has two parts. The chayv has the actual value of the debt itself, which means the money you owe me. And then there's a concept called a schus which, which in halachic terms is looked at as a separate component of the chayv, which is the right to collect the chayv. So you have a debt, the guy owes you money, and then you also have to have a right to collect the debt. For example, let's say you lend someone money and you make a time that he doesn't have to pay you back for five years. So you, the guy owes you money, but you don't have a schus gvaina. You have, you have pushed off the, your right to collect for five years. So the two things aren't necessarily bound together. You can have one and not the other. You can have the debt, but not necessarily the schus gvaina. And the question is, is that when the Torah dissolved the, uh, all the debts on Shemitah, did it dissolve the whole debt? Or just did the Torah remove your right to collect the debt? But the money is set essentially still yours, and the Torah said it can just remain that way. You have, no, you have no right to collect, and he has no obligation to pay. But the money is still essentially yours. Meaning, which would mean, technically, that if you do force the guy, uh, you're not a gazel, you're not stealing, because it's your money. My bottom line is your money. It's just you're being over on a mitzvah. Tyra said you have no right to collect this debt. You can't bring him to Bezdin because Bezdin won't enforce it. Bezdin won't make him pay. So the Tyra, the, 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 all it did was remove that part of the debt, which is the part that you utilize usually to make sure you get paid. And that's why Rashi would say that as, as long out of Bezdin, you can do what you want. It's, it is your money, so you have the right to uh, hit him over the head until he pays you. Uh, it's an interesting concept, like we were saying. You know, it's, it's a, it, it, the best way to think of it is like a debt that's owed to you and you do, doesn't have a right to pay. It. You don't have a right to collect it until five years. Okay, uh, you cannot. So no. So there is even such a thing. The Umar talks about a debt that you do, you don't have a right to collect ever. You can <coughs> you can say that I I never have the right to collect it. You can make that up with the person, and he he owes you, and he has to pay you. But you have never you never have the right to force him to pay. You can actually. Be meichel that part of your zchus in, in the chay. So in him, it just has to be the tire didn't obligate it. That would have to be a separate standalone kind of thing. Tire said you didn't. This, you just don't have to pay. Yeah, that's the only way it would make sense. Anyway, this is all working with the assumption that even that the tire made it, did dissolve it. Not everybody holds like that. There is some rishonim. That's the next maramakim here. It's a sefer Reim. He holds that the tire didn't dissolve the debt at all. All it is is a mitzvah. Sefi Reim says, that's, number, that's Gimel here, Choyv she'avar alav shviyas, a debt that shviyas passed over it, ain't a rishoy loy v'la'akvoy. The rishoy, the loy is not permitted not to pay. He has to pay. El alpi malva, unless the malva absolves him. Shekolzman shaloy shmita malva, as long as the malva has not absolved him, chayv l'freya, he has to pay. El aloy v'yazmin malva l'adin. What happens is, the loy brings the malva to court. And he demands that the malva should, should actively be mishamed. He should actively dissolve the chayv according to what the Torah wants. And will, will coerce the malva to say mishamed If the malva doesn't want it, Bezdin will hit him until he says it. So the Yireim is considered a das yachid. He's considered the only one that holds like this. There are some other Mishayim, but he holds that there actually nothing happens to the debt. The debt is in full force, so much so that the Leva is obligated to do something. But what he can do is, he has the right to bring the Malva to Basin and demand that he does Shemitah, and Basin is supposed to force him. But if they don't do that, then really you're obligated to pay. Now, this is very relevant. I'll tell you why, depending exactly how you understand what's going on here. And the reason why it's relevant is because... Um, 
the halacha is, as we'll see, is that all kinds of debts are subject to Shemitah. So if you owe money because you lent money, but also if you owe money because someone did you a service, right? Someone worked for you and you owe him um, scarpula, you owe him the wages. Or if someone uh, is your landlord and you owe him rent, right? Uh, or, or any kind of any kind of debt, or credit in a grocery store, or, or credit in, in any kind of business. So anytime you owe money, um, we'll see exactly how, but eventually it turns into a regular debt. So, for example, my podiatrist, uh, his name is Dr. Goldberg. He's Jewish. His, he has a practice together with four other people. The other doctor in this podiatry is Dr. Michael Frank believe it or not. <laughs> exact same name as me. Also Jewish. Um, and uh, the old Jews, the four Jews, are, 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 are the, they run this podiatry practice. So if I have an appointment right before Rosh Hashanah, uh, they're not writing a principle, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, maybe they do, but I'm assuming they don't, right? So they don't write a principle. So I owe them money. And now after Rosh Hashanah, they bill me. And uh, I could pay, right? But I'm, I being machshel them, they have a mitzvah to be mishamit. But it's Mr. Rabbanon is also Mr. They have a, a license to say they can't demand the money from me. So that's already, that boat has sailed, right? They're going to do that. So they're going to send me a bill, they demanded the money, fine. But they do have a mitzvah to be Mishamed. And that mitzvah, as soon as I pay up, due to the fact that they demand me to pay, I am going to be, they're going to be Mavatul that mitzvah. So am I over on Lefne Iver? So, so one option is to say, okay, just give it as a present, right? I have the choice to give it as a present. But the question is, is that a help to give it as a present? Because essentially it sounds like, if you look at, uh, depending on which of these you're trying to be go like, but even, even according to, not the Aram, according to the Rush, the present part is not really relevant. Meaning to say, you do owe him the money, right? So you don't have to give it as a present. That's not the issue here. The money he's entitled to, if you give it to him. There's just, he has a mitzvah, the same as Ani. And you, it doesn't make a difference how much of a present you give it. It's, it's, he, he still has a mitzvah misham and ani. So the only way it really would work is if you give it to him and you say, it's not towards my debt. I'm just giving you a present. To which he could say, fine, but pay your debt too. <laughs> you know? uh, if you, if, first of all, you would have to find someone you can explain that to. right? So good luck with that. right? You know, I don't know who you can explain that to over there in the office. The, the, the receptionist, she's not understanding what you're talking about. So I found, looked around, and this farm, actually, they, they have a hard time with this. They grapple with this. Like, what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to... So some farms say there may not be a lefneiver. So because they, they, say, they say, they bring different sources that they see the, the Rabbeinu Chaya, others, they say that by ribis, the Torah prohibited the lender, the, the borrower from paying. Right? So not only is it an avera to lend money with ribis, it's also an avera to pay. But over here, the Torah didn't make an avera on the person who borrowed the money. So it seems like there's no avera for you to pay. It's his problem, it's not your problem. But nevertheless, they don't understand, Paiskim still don't understand, why isn't there lefneiver? Well, so, go ahead. Why is it model where if you pay? If you, if you, if you, if you give as right? They still have a mitzvah of shaming, but that's, like, they, they, they can still do that in theory if they want. Now once they get the money, then the debt is paid, and it's all over. Especially if you understand the debt was there, and that's what the mitzvah is, it revolves around. If you give them an independent present, right? But that would have to be said. Like, if you do that in your head, that's the Rosh That wouldn't even work. It would have to really, someone would have to acknowledge that. Anyway, so one of the suggestions they make is to write a prosbul on their behalf. That's close, to be mezakah them. So that would be a little complicated. 
you could, it's just for them. They don't lose anything. This way, their chayvahs are all protected. You know, so you're doing it on their behalf. It's good for them. Um, so... It does? Well, so that's the question, whether it works. That's the question. But those that say it work. So that's an option. So that would just be, you have to sit down and start thinking a little bit, you know, of what do you still owe. And there's a lot of things that are considered chayvahs. That's why it is actually a good thing, regardless, to write a principle. Like... Um, if you have a 401k, right, there's a question whether that is yours or is that owed to you. Um, I don't know exactly how it works in the States. It seems like in Eretz Yisrael it's considered owed to you. So I'm not sure over here what the status is, meaning to say if your, your employer is obligated to, to put a pay into your 401k, right? Uh, who manages that account, the 401k? You can. You can? Or you just can't withdraw from it? You, you could, could withdraw from it. You, you could withdraw from it. Taxes. Ah, but that's even, all the but even still, the the money. It stays, it, it stays with the financial institution. It's with the financial institution. So the bank has it. You're entitled to it, but in theory, the bank could tell you, "I'm sorry, I don't have it." The bank owes you the money. The bank owes you the money. Okay. You're the, loaning the, the bank. That's where you get interest for a savings account. But for right. a, for a four hundred one k, it should be that it's yours because it, you own the stocks. Yeah. All right. So the bank would be okay. The bank the banks over here are all not Jewish. The banks in Israel do write principles. Um, nowadays, though, there's been this whole question with United Wholesale Mortgage. I don't know if anybody uh, refinanced with them. I did. So I pay my mortgage to United Wholesale Mortgage. I wrote a heteriska. Um, I'm hoping the person who did the heteriska with them also writes them a principle. I, I know the guy who did it, so I can ask him, Rabbi Marpiger. I, I hope he did it. Uh, so, because, yeah, cause it'll be the same thing. When I pay my mortgage, essentially, Shemitah's Meshamit. So, that's one thing. There, there, are other, there is others, another argument here, and this is a fascinating little historical piece, is that it seems that um, in times of the rush, he, the rush, as you may know, had to run away. He lived in Germany and he had to run away after his Rebbe, the Marottenberg, was taken prisoner as a captive by the local lord who wanted to ransom him and then the community didn't ransom him and he wanted to take the rush as a captive too. He had to run away. He ran to Spain where he became friendly with the Rashba, with the Bacharusa, and he, he became also very, very influential in Spain. The rush himself, his children after him. Um, and the rush, when he came to Spain, he writes in a tshuva as that he saw that nobody was writing prisbals. And he said he was Meicha and he made a, he, 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 he protested and what's going on here, why is nobody writing prisbals? So he, they, they told him, the different, I guess, Rabbanim or people, they said, that, no, we don't have to write a principle because there is a halacha that if you lend money, you may remember, Gideon Makis. So we pass in that if you write a principle and you, you write, I'm sorry, you lend money and you specifically, you make a tenai, you make a condition that Shemitah should not um, null this chayv, then it works. And they said that that's kind of the understanding of everybody, and he's, they write it into their stories. So he said, I did, I, he investigated, he didn't find it in anybody's stories, back and forth. But uh, that seemed to be the custom, and it's even mentioned, it's mentioned by the Ramah, that there's people who have a custom, they don't really do a prisbal anymore because it's an accepted that everybody's lending with that in mind. So I saw that one safer wanted to argue that someone who's not religious, basically his understanding is that all his transactions are based on secular law, whatever secular law 
is, uh, uh, allows him. That's how he wants to lend you the money and, and do work for you and so on and so forth. So it may be an automatic uh, thought process of an almanash tashmini I think it's a little weak. But that's, that's another argument I saw. Did you see anybody that said that this would be a valid instance to actually prefer non-Jewish service providers? Uh, no, what they said is you should pay up all your debt before. <laughs> that they did suggest. But, what? Mortgage. Yeah, no, mortgage not. That's not going to help. Yeah, mortgage not going to be an option. Okay, so. Uh, when did this thing happen? Obviously, at a certain point, when people were. When did prisbal come come into play? Right. No, no, no. Or, or, or when did it stop? When when did people like all of a sudden start having this automatic? Oh, I don't know when that happened. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when that took place. Okay, so it started in the time of Hillel. He's the one who instituted the prosbol, and uh, the reason why he instituted the prosbol was because he saw that people were having a very hard time keeping this mitzvah. It was very difficult, and basically what they did was they just stopped lending. And if you don't lend, you also are an aver. The Torah says, "Yisham l'chab b'lial." So he stopped. So therefore, he saw it was necessary to find a loophole. So therefore, he made up a prosbol. Now, what is a prosbol? So let's get to that. So it, the Gemara and Gittin take a look. It says Dalit, Tan Hasam, Prusbul and Mishamit. If you add a Prusbul, Shemitah doesn't take away the Chayvs. The Echman Adram Shiskin Hillel Azakin. This is one of the things that Hillel uh, he he instituted. Shiras Am Shenimnim He saw that the nation wasn't lending money to each other. But Avraham Ashkasubatayra and they were being over what it says in the Torah. Hisham Lucha Peniya Davar Mavalcha Buliyal. Be careful, and there's something in your heart that's evil. Amad Vehiskin Prusbul. Therefore, he made a Prusbul. Zel Gufushal Prusbul. This is what you do in a Prusbul, and this is what we all do. We're going to, like to have Erev Hashanah Mitzvah Hashem. Well, I'll have a bunch of boilerplate uh, documents, and everybody will fill it out together with the three people that are there. Dayanim. So, Mesrani Lachem Ploini Dayanim. I'm giving over to you, gentlemen. You who are Dayanim, you write their names. Shabbamakam Ploini. You write the place where they are. Over here, we write Silver Spring. Shakal Chayiv Sheyeshli Esel Ploini. All debts that are owed to me. So here, you actually specify who it is that owes you. But the way now we write a principle just any debt that's owed to me. Uh, you write it just a blanket statement. Sheegvenu, I should be able to uh, collect it, kolzman she'erza, whenever I want. Vadayanim chayesman lamata, and the dayanim sign under it, ayho edim, or edim could sign on it. Now the Gemara asks a very valid question. How does this work? committed the Torah removes it. Hill could just make it a kind that it shouldn't become uh, knocked off. So nowadays Rabbi he that holds the song So the Gemara goes on to say it would not be mishamet the so anyway, Amr Abayi Sheval Taisuhu and Rav Amr Hefker Bezin Hefker. So bottom line, the Gemara seems to say the reason why it works is because either it's an Akira B'Sheval Taisa uh, or it's Hefker Bezin Hefker. That's how it works. Now, if you look, there's another Rashi that's just, hey, it gives a little better idea of how it actually works. It's, even though there's a Hefker Bezin involved, there was a certain thought process to how it works. So Rashi says, it's a little earlier on Daflamid Bayes, Rashi says, Mersrani Lechem, Lekaman Hu Beperkin, Gabi Prusbal, Shu Moisus Teres of Lebezdin. What you're really doing is like this you're handing over all your debts to Bezdin. So that you don't have to be the one to collect from your uh, debtors. Bezdin will be the ones who will collect. And they will go and take his money away. And therefore, it's not Ligas. So Rashi explains the way a principle works is, is that you are transferring all your debt to Bezdin. 
and Bezdin then owns your debt. And once Bezdin owns your debt, so there's a halacha that Bezdin has the ability to collect money. They're not over laigais. It's only individuals who owe money and collect from each other have a problem of laigais. But uh, a Bezdin has the right to collect. If any time a chayv was given over to Bezdin, Bezdin can collect. So Bezdin collecting doesn't have a problem with laigais. That's what we're doing. We're handing it over to Bezdin. Now, practically speaking, I'm going to be the one who's going to demand it from him. So I'm kind of doing it on behalf of Bezdin. And then Bethlehem lets, lets me keep the money. So that, that's the idea of, of a prosbul. So in a little bit more explanation, this is also topic of many shiurim back in the day, but basically it's, they explain it the same kind of way. I don't actually transfer the, the money of the debt to Bethlehem. I still own the money, and that's why I end up with the money. But I give over the right of collection Bethlehem turns into my collection agency. Even though I think collection agency, you, I actually own the debt, but whatever so to speak. So Bezin is my collection agency, and Bezin is taking on the responsibility and the right and the schus and the ability to collect on my behalf. And once they do that, then it's not me collecting. I'm wiping, washing my hands for this. I will not do anything to collect this chayv, so I won't be over on laigais, and I don't have to do mishamet. Bezin takes over that whole part of the chayv, and that's how it works. And the hefker Bezin hefker is really so that that should happen. In other words, otherwise it would be very complicated halachically to make that happen. No, uh, it would be very complicated halakhically to make such a transaction happen, to transfer to them the bylaws of Gavayna and Achayv, just writing it wouldn't work. So that's why Hefker Bezin Hefker makes that transfer happen. So that's the, that's, that's the way we do it. So this is what we're going to do. This is exactly what we all be, will be doing. That's what you're going to write. Essentially, you're supposed to say it to Bezin, but you can also write it, so that's what we do. You don't have to sit there and read off the prisbal. You just write it. It's going to be a boilerplate language. You'll fill in the details. The Bezin will sign. And it will uh, it will work. Now, the is there is a question there is a question whether what kind of basin you need. Take a look down. Let's skip down to Ches. Um, Ches is the Shulchan Aruch Hashem Mishpat. That's where the halachas of Prusbul are in Siman Samachvav. And it says if you Ches Prusbul ain't a Mishamit. You have to, it has to be written by a proper Beis Three people are Bikiyim Bedin, who understand Chesh Mishpat, or being in Prusbal, and they understand the halachas of Prusbal. And they know what Shemitah is. And they were appointed by the, everybody in that city. Hagad, Rama says, Yeshayman Kais from Prisbul Bukal Bastin. Prisbul can be written by any Bastin, which means any three people. Venerally Dh Lakopazmanazah. So that is the meaning of Ashkenaz, is that any three people. So basically after we do Atar Sadaram, the same three people can serve as your Bastin. But uh many of the Sfardim largely is they too try to seek out a proper Bastin. They don't all three have to be um Dayanim, so uh you can come by first later. Uh, me and Rabbi Walter sitting together, that could be that would be sufficient, and we'll just drag, pull another person on, and you could write the prosbul. But the prosbul, uh, and this is an important thing to realize, the prosbul only works from the date it's written. So that means everything previous. Let's say you write a prosbul today. So it means all debt that's previous to today is included in the prosbul, but anything that happens after is not. So if you lend any money afterwards, um, then there's going to be a problem. Now. If that's why we do it every Shoshana, because ostensibly it won't be a problem. However, uh, this year is pretty good because this year every Shoshana is, is a Sunday. But when it's not a Sunday, let's say, for example, um, people who we have a Jewish dentist in our uh, kahila, there are Jewish doctors in our kahila, right? Uh, Dr. Hawk, my dentist, is Jewish from guy. So uh, if he writes a prisbal in the morning and then he goes and he has patients all day, you know, it's a regular work day, he has patients all day. So then whatever happened after the prosbul is going to be a problem. He's not going to really be allowed to collect that money. 
So the, the, the trick is, and it's not a trick, but this is the basic idea, is that Shemitah uh, only um, dissolves a chayv if it, if, if it has come to the point where you, it comes to the time for collection. So typically the rule is that even when you go to a doctor, so some doctor's office are very clear, and they say payment is due at time of visit, right? And they make a big deal out of that. Others don't work like that, and they actually bill you, and you're expected to pay when you're, when you're billed. So in that case, what the dentist should do is that he should, whoever he treats that day, he should not not require them to pay right away, and he says, you're only going to become obligated when I bill you, and then you only bill them after Rosh Hashanah, so they never became obligated, even though the chayv was there, but they never technically became obligated until you bill them, and then that, that halachically works. That's called hakafas chanus, it's a whole sugi, we don't have time to get into it, but that, that works. So, uh, so, so it, it is, the reason is, is, again, you know, I'll give you another example of a, a debt you might have without even realizing. Uh, if you have a gift card from a farm store, that means they owe you money, right? So you need a principal for that. So I'm just, you know, there's a lot of mashallah, that you, there's a lot of instances where you may be owed money and you just don't even realize that you are owed money. So that's why the minig is everybody writes a prusbal and it covers for all these eventualities. Um, and as we said before, if you want to do a mitzvah, so after you write your prusbal, you can lend a little bit more money. And, and, you know, and then after Shemitah, you can do, after Roshani, you do Misham and Ani. You can be Mekayim that mitzvah. Um, and as far as uh, any outstanding debt that you have to non-religious people, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's complex. It's a little hard to understand how, how, how we get around that problem, but somehow we do. <laughs> That's the bottom line is everybody. That, that seems clear from the song that you do pay them, but it's, it's an not clear how that works. It's yeah. gift card, because it could either be that they owe you money or that they've given you money. It's just a different currency than the one that you normally have, but you, it's yours. Because it's, the card itself. It's just not I mean, U.S. dollars. It's mm-hmm. a different type of currency right. that you. Interesting. In today's day and age, it may be like that. You could sell them. Also, you mean they almost. It's almost like a. You give it as a gift. Right. So it's by definition like correct. And you can't get money for it. Right. You could or can't. 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 Cannot. You could. Could. I think you could sell you it on could eBay. Sell no, them. I mean, no, so you couldn't get money from the store. They will not give you money. That is correct. So it has some value, but that's why when you sell it on eBay or whatever, you get lesser value. But it has some value. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, th- I also saw another thing is that let's say you someone owes you money uh, and they paid you with a check or you owe someone money, you paid them with a check. So if they didn't cash the check, then the money is still owed. So until the check is cashed, that, that hasn't been resolved. And then if Shemitah passes, it'll cause an issue. I also saw, going back to this question of non, non-religious, is if, if someone you know, was non-religious and he had a whole bunch of debts and then he became religious, <laughs> what does he do? You know, he didn't write a principle. Uh, or he already collected money, does he have to give it back, so on and so forth. So it's all, it's, it all, it's an interesting complexity. You know, when it comes to selling chametz, a lot of people write, or they write Shtaris Mechira on behalf of their parents, on behalf of their different relatives that they want to be mezaka. I, I don't remember anybody doing that by Prusbul, but maybe, maybe it's not a bad idea. You know, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just, giving, just benefiting them. Maybe yeah. an Ashkenazi could write on behalf of a Sephardi that could have a more medical basis. <laughs> you can have the basin problem. <laughs> yeah. You owe like, your children money, like, for some incentive or something, and you're building it up. So your own children, you mean? Yeah. Oh. I don't think that you're, you're not properly obligated. Uh, there's nothing that would really obligate you. And also, um, really anything your children own belongs to you. Don't tell them that. Or we do tell them that. <laughs> I t- sometimes do tell them that. But, uh, so that they don't really have the bylaws. <coughs> Okay, very good. Is it interesting that it changes?